Hey there, it is another episode of Go Head Mama, and today we have special guest star Dr. Rachel, who is here to talk to us a little bit about how weird it is to actually know what's going on in your fucking crazy brain and body while you're going through having a baby and being a mom. So, Rachel, what what kind of doctoring do you do? So, I am in my third year of psychiatry residency, um, which means essentially that I'm thinking all the time about mental health and growth and development. Um, I work mostly with adults, but um, I end up thinking about sort of growth and development over the lifespan, which is really interesting when you are raising a child. So did you, um, did you know you were going into psychiatry before you got pregnant? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I started my program, uh, in July and then we had actually been trying to get pregnant for some time before I started. Um, and then I did end up getting pregnant, like, maybe five months into my program. That's exciting. Yeah. <laughs> Were there any, like, fun surprises you found out in your program that you were also, like, feeling at the same time? I was in an interesting part of my training. I was doing all inpatient psychiatry at the time. Um, so it was, like, really focused on severe mental illness. Oh. Um, it felt like the work that I was doing didn't inform, like, my personal life that much. Yeah. Um, was it hard to cope with that kind of, like, really intense behavior and feelings from your patients while you were dealing with being pregnant? Yeah. Yeah. I had this, like, interesting kind of switch in my mindset um, where I think I was on the inpatient unit for, like, a month and a half while I was pregnant, something like that. And... um it became instantly clear to me, like when I knew that I was pregnant, that I was no longer just one person in my body. Um, and I felt this like enormously powerful feeling of um, needing to protect the fetus within like a day of knowing that I was pregnant. All of a <laughs> sudden I was just walking around feeling like I needed like an extra force field around me. Um, so it like, totally impacted my mindset was it really at work was it really stressful or did it feel like more like I can punch through walls it was like weirdly empowering for me actually I became like instantly more boundaried um that's awesome yeah and like just set a lot more limits for myself and and felt like more justified in being safer, which when I look back, like on the the time that I spent doing the same work before I was pregnant, I think that I, I probably just didn't think carefully enough <laughs> about like the danger that I was putting myself Because you were like physically threatened. Yeah. Like regularly. Yeah. It's, it's not the safest work environment. Yeah. So do you feel like the, the changes in your approach to your work were like more to the end of being psychological, a psychological reaction or like a mental, emotional reaction or hormones 
coursing through your body, like a physical mm. need. Can you parse that, really? Probably I think not. it was probably a lot more psychological, yeah. actually. Because um, there's so much in the culture of medicine that tells you to to give everything for yeah. your patients and to not think about your own needs, like your own self-care. Um, and I think it's really confusing in that setting for anyone any other physicians to understand why you would advocate for yourself. So I was like six or seven months pregnant on, again, on an, this time on like a neurology inpatient unit. Um, it felt like a moment of like self-empowerment to tell people like, I have to sit down. <laughs> I have to eat. I um, have to use the bathroom. And I would lose my team all the time because it just like wasn't part of the like mindset of med- medical culture to like wait for me or. That's crazy. <laughs> Did you know any other, like, have you known any other students who were pregnant during that? Tons. And do you did was it like pretty common for people to advocate for themselves a little more, or did a lot of people just try um, and get with the program? I think it's a mix. I think it's a mix, and it's like yes. you have to draw weird lines. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you talk to other students who were pregnant at the time? Um, when I had time to, I mean, yeah. these are like particularly when you're doing rotations like that you're working like 12 or 13 hour days so like you're using up your free time sleeping especially if you're pregnant yeah (laughs) yeah there's there's probably not a lot of like girl talk (laughs) time going on Yeah, unfortunately I mean I, I find a lot of like solidarity among particularly the mothers in my program now yeah um, and I feel like we do take the time to sort of share experiences with one another. Um, but that was like a point in my training where it was just, um, a little more, a little more intense and like maybe a little more isolating for various reasons that were like totally individual to, you know, where I was. Yeah. Yeah. So I think like there's a totally variable experience and somebody else who maybe even like did the same program with me would have something different to tell you. That's so crazy. Like I'm used to the, like law school is no joke, (laughs) but it's still not quite the same. Like there's, there's still, I always felt like people kind of, there were the the gunners who got really excited about like abusing themselves. But for the most part, people work, kind of normal you know like you'd you'd be miserable during finals you'd be miserable for chunks of time but for the most part people were like it's just law school no one's gonna die but in your case people might actually die yeah I mean I think that <laughs> is sort of like the threat hanging over you like yeah you really don't want to make a mistake even though like I think it's important for like any physician to remember that like we are human and we will make mistakes that's sort of a promise yeah. Um, and also that, like, we have great responsibility, but but also that, like, it's not completely ours. Like, responsibility lies with 
you know, our, our patients and with our teams and with systems. And so it's, it's been interesting for me because I think motherhood has helped me like shift into that mindset a little bit with more ease. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. It seems like motherhood might get you used to a complete lack of control over your life and the lives of others. Amazing how that works. Yeah. Uh, Amazing how you also still have to work on letting go though. Yeah. All the time. Yeah. (laughs) Every moment as we listen to like our respective children downstairs smashing things. And there's like a piece of your brain that's like, you can't turn it off. Yeah. It's listening. Oh, yeah. Yeah. There's like a 30% of this collective brain power is just like downstairs being like, was that was that like a knocking over a bull smash? Or was that like a glass smash? Yeah. Yeah. I think I can identify like crashes a lot better than I used to. <laughs> like you can tell if there's a sharp thing involved. I feel like I have that level of sensitivity to like particular screams, <laughs> <laughs> which is a sort of a terrible knowledge. Yeah, yeah. I kind of sometimes I'd rather not know. Just be like, I'm sure that was really happy. I'm sure that was a really happy scream. It's weird how you can sometimes get it wrong too. Yeah, we're like, oh, oh, that was joy. <laughs> Wow. Yeah. That that <laughs> sounded like you were being waterboarded, but <laughs> but you were really just having a fun bath time. Sure. <laughs> Meanwhile, like I'm going to die 6 months earlier than I would have otherwise because of the cortisol that like streamed through my body when I thought you were drowning. Speaking of um so this is something that like this podcast is just like a thinly thin thin ruse to get you to talk about things that I just want to talk about anyway which is like tell me more about what happens to your brain when you get (sighs) pregnant and when you have a child and why why am I crazy but also (laughs) like why am I way more functional than I used to be to some degree like so many of the questions about like why we function the way we do remain unanswered um that is not helpful I know um but yeah there's some incredibly weird and amazing brain and body changes that happen over the course of pregnancy and the postpartum period um there's one that sort of fascinates and like grabs me which is that your brain like functionally shrinks <laughs> <laughs> for some period leading up to the delivery of your baby and then seems to go back online and and like regain its normal size when you um, say functionally <laughs> do you mean like like there are fewer synapses going off or do you mean like your brain physically shrinks so like grossly like if you looked on a scan like it would actually be smaller um that's not to say what necessarily that you have like lost neural connections um and I don't think the answer is like fully there about exactly what is happening um but your brain 
actually like takes a slightly different shape. Fuck. Yeah, which is like <laughs> so amazing. Like yeah. nature is so incredible. Um and I like to think, I mean this is like not medically sound information, but I like to think that um there's something in that that like perhaps helps focus a new mother on sort of the task at hand. And it's certainly true um, that there are sort of like different neural connections being made that um, help women to focus on like specifically attachment improves like your limbic system function to like refocus your attention on like this new relationship. So that would be the phenomenon of like, a lot of really busy career-focused moms I know being like, I'm just going to take two weeks off and then I can work from bed while the baby's sleeping. And then you have the baby and you're like, fuck everything else. (laughs) Like, burn down the world. I'm just going to put this thing on my face. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, Yeah, if that happens. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I definitely, like, wanted to do other things, but I was really surprised right away by how much I could be happy just, like, just with a little lumpy baby Mm. and not doing other things. Mm. Like, I thought I would be really bored and anxious. Mm -hmm. So, Mm -hmm. at least that was working out. It also, it also at least makes me think about how tough it is for moms where whatever that switches doesn't get switched for whatever reason mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. like whether it's biological or psycho like environmental or what but yeah and I don't think it's I don't think it's as simple as a switch at all either yeah. um and in fact there's actually there's a really incredible writer um she's like an anthropologist and primatologist and um evolutionary theorist named Sarah Blaffer Hurdy um, who wrote this book called Mother Nature. And she just sort of like takes you on like this anthropological walk through like the history of motherhood um, in its friendly and unfriendly sort of, I don't know, just it, it takes a, an objective look at motherhood. And um, I think one of the things that I learned from her was um, that it's not, like some necessarily inborn thing that you like have the baby and then immediately attach to them. Um, like you might see with um, ducklings or something where they imprint immediately um, with humans. It can, it can take like a variable period of time to yeah. develop that attachment. Um, and it's definitely going to depend on on the mother's state of mind and her circumstances and the social support she has and, you know, whether there's underlying, um, like mental health issues, depression, anxiety, um, there's just sort of a lot, a lot at stake. And then, you know, in the modern world, we may not get like sort of the ideal delivery. We may be separated from our infants. Um, there's just so many factors um, that can influence whether that bonding happens. And it, on top of all of that, like, I, for some reason, adoptive mothers are coming to mind right now, too. Yeah. It's like, it doesn't even necessarily have to be a, biological. Like, you can attach, you know, to someone who hasn't delivered you or... 
Yeah, everything is hard. <laughs> I feel like that. I just every, like at least a couple times every episode we come back to like, oh, this is really complicated. It's really complicated. What else is going on? Okay, so your brain shrunk. <laughs> right. And you're like awash in a whole new level of hormones. Like, oh, tell us about the hormones. Yeah, the first trimester you have like increasing levels of estrogen and progesterone, which you do throughout pregnancy. And you actually weirdly have very high levels of cortisol. Um, but Weird. you're protected from like the feelings of stress during pregnancy. Um but you're not after delivery, um, which is sort of theorized like as part of why women can have um, what might be called like more aggressive tendencies um, or more anxiety after delivery. I don't know about you. I mean, this is personal, but um, I certainly had like an increase in anxiety after delivery. Um, and then there's like a pretty well described phenomenon where women um, are not super interested in hanging out with their spouses or partners <laughs> um, and yeah. are maybe not even interested for a period in sort of interacting with the outside world. I think like evolutionarily yeah. probably to support the bond with the infant, but um, also and, and to protect them. Um, but I think that may like manifest in <laughs> weird and interesting ways. Yeah. Cause in modern I, society. <laughs> that's, cause that's rough. Cause we do live in a society, not in like a cave where you can just crawl in yeah. and like be in the dark with your infant. I know. Thankfully though. Oh my God. Yeah. Oh my God. Oh, I've <laughs> thought about that. Like just blankets, the invention of blankets. I love blankets. Blankets. You put them on top of yourself and then you're warm. It's amazing. And like soap and water. Underpants. Can you imagine? Deliver your baby. Ugh. Then you can't wash. And leaves. I don't know why we're talking about this. Uh, it would be really gross. <laughs> so on that note, society. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> Thanks for existing. Um, so what are the hormones that are that are like battling around inside your body? Yeah, so during the pregnancy, mostly estrogen and progesterone. And then you sort of make this switch to, um, like progesterone sort of dominated life after delivery. <laughs> um, especially if you breastfeed, um, okay. and probably for anyone who has breastfed for any period of time knows, um, it like dries you up. <laughs> <laughs> Yep. And definitely can affect your mood. Um, and there's all kinds of reasons, like not progesterone specifically related, but that people might struggle with anxiety or depression or even something more severe, psychosis, like post-delivery for so many reasons, like not the least of which is not even hormone related. It's just like you don't get to sleep in yeah. chunks anymore, which surprise is like important your mental health <laughs> your, your baby is basically using heightened interrogation and techniques on you at all times I like fully understand I remember thinking like two or three months into new parenthood I was like oh sleep deprivation is like super effective torture <laughs> <laughs> wow I would tell anybody anything to make this end um, delightful um, yeah and then in terms of other I mean 
again, if you're breastfeeding, um, you get these like incredible oxytocin surges every time you have your letdown, which, you know, the sort of evolutionary point of it is like just pleasure and love and attachment and bonding and moments of joy and beauty as you feed this creature. Um, Yeah, I remember that (laughs) the first time I fed him, like after we left the delivery room, just being like, whoa, like this wave of like happy drugs, Mm. just something in my brain. It was really nice. Mm, That sounds lovely. Yeah. Which is good that it does that because otherwise, you know, like having somebody suck on your boob (laughs) 17 times a day for however many months is not maybe the most rewarding on its own. Yeah, it's a pretty well-designed system. Good when job, it, body. When it functions. <laughs> yeah, best. yeah, exactly. Yeah. In fact, right now, I can't see or, hear our children screaming downstairs, and part of my brain is assuming they're dead. Oh no, no, there we go. It's a little scream. I heard some thumping as you were talking to. Yep. So. There we go. They're alive. <laughs> Good times. Don't have to run down screaming. Is there, so, okay, so I have two more questions on how brains work. Um, One, what protects you from the cortisol while you're pregnant? So here's another good recommendation if people are interested in reading more. Um, There is a book called The Female Brain by a psychiatrist out of UCSF named Luann Brezadine, Brezadine, Mm -hmm. something like that. Um, And she talks about sort of like the nitty gritty details of these sort of biologic changes that are happening. That's awesome. In the moment, but I don't know if that's the thing I really immediately want to read or should wait to read until I'm done having children. It's so the book is actually like a whole. It talks about the female brain over the life cycle. Oh, such incredible changes that occur, like. you know, at menarche, like when you're having your period, pregnancy, um, menopause. It's a really, really fascinating read. That's awesome. That's going on my Christmas list. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty incredible. Um, Cause she, you know, she, she talks about like how those brain changes kind of fit in with what we know about the life cycle too. Yeah. Um, and how, the those neurologic changes may kind of inform the life decisions that women make. Um, for some reason, when I read it years ago, um, the changes at menopause seemed like the most fascinating to me. Although there's something like particularly gripping about what happens um, with pregnancy and postpartum. I remember one of my attending um, teachers in my training telling me that having a baby was like driving off of a hormonal cliff, um, which I think is like totally apropos. Like there's nothing else hormonally in like a human's life that it like causes such a massive shift in such a short period of time. And that's like coupled with these like very real life changes. Yeah. Um, so it's just, I think it's probably 
an endlessly fascinating topic. I think it's interesting for me to go back and talk about pregnancy and postpartum too, because, you know, as a psychiatrist, like those are topics that are like near and dear to me and really important to me and, you know, things that I'm looking out for in terms of patients and monitoring for and treating. Um, But in terms of like my personal life, I feel like my interest has shifted significantly to like what happens um, in like infant and child growth and development um, and what happens in the relationship between children and parents. Um, And I think that's also like speaks to where my anxiety, (laughs) my personal anxiety is too, because now I'm like responsible for this human. Um, and it feels like there's so much now sort of beyond that very, very early phase. Um, that's like hugely influential and fascinating to think about. Does your brain stay permanently different after you have a child or your hormone levels? My understanding is that it does. I mean, well, right. The certain certain aspects of it, right? The hormones are like they do sort of revert back to okay. a normal state. Yeah, um, when you're when you're done breastfeeding, yeah. But um, but it, you know, I think as is true with like any type of human learning, um, like new neural connections are forged, um, and there's a phrase that is sometimes used that's um neurons that fire together wire together which essentially means like whatever pathways you're using over and over again are going to get reinforced so like this massive change in your life is like obviously going to affect the way you think yeah the way your brain works yeah um but i think that there are also some changes um that happen at this level that's like totally uncontrolled and is like not actually environmentally related. That's like kind of physical. Um, that again, it does change you. And there's like crazy stuff out there. Like there's evidence that like mothers have fetal cells in their bodies. Um, that is terrifying to me. Like they're part of us forever. Do we have any idea what those do? (laughs) I don't. (laughs) I I know. Like, science is just like, well, they're there. I don't know. Hope that works out for you, sucker. I mean, this is not, like, an answer from a psychiatrist, but, like, there's something, like, spiritually significant about that, I think. (laughs) (laughs) Like, we're not just our own selves anymore. We are like also, there's some little piece of us that is our children. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, on that note, uh, thank you, Rachel, for talking to us about our weird mom brains. And uh, thanks, mamas. See you in a couple weeks. That's it for now, y'all. If you're looking for more, you can find us on Facebook, Tumblr, Twitter at GoHeadMama. If you've got thoughts on the topics we've covered so far or new stuff that you'd really like us to talk about, 
Email us at letstalkmamacita at gmail.com. We'd also give our firstborn if you would leave us a rating and a review on iTunes, since that's the best way to help new mamas find us. Huge, huge thanks to our intern, Reese Ravner, and to our producers, The Mediocre Parent Show. Check them out at MediocreParentShow.com or on iTunes. Until next time, thanks, mamas.